0: Hello, hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to Nathan aka Derby Hub. Um, I've decided to do a bit of a podcast guys, just something that I've been thinking about doing for a while, Um, just so I can get my voice out there in terms of my opinion regarding our incredible football club and uh, open the floor to discussion with, uh, with you guys as well. Um, As I say, this is my first time, so it's not going to be perfect. Bear with me. I may make the odd mistake or two, or it may not be the cleanest published of podcasts ever. But uh, I will improve with time, so just go with me on this journey. And I assure you that come after a little bit, when I get used to to what I'm doing, everything will fall into place nicely. As I record this, I'm actually watching the under-19s away to Salzburg in the UEFA Youth League. And inside three minutes we have actually gone a goal behind. A goal scored from a free kick edge of the box. Given away quite needlessly really. A bit of a silly challenge and the players just arrowed it into the corner. (sighs) Bit of a frustrating start that because our youth side have done really, really well to get to where they are. And to to fall behind to a free kick so early on away from home in a foreign country for these young lads is going to be a massive test. So I'll keep my eye on that as it develops, and uh, if I shout, get excited, that means Derby have scored. If I do the opposite, it means they've scored. The goal scorer's name is Seavold, number 13. He's not under 19, he's at least 30. Ringer, have a word ref. Far too old for this team. So just to give you a quick idea of what my podcast is going to be about, going forward it will be a week by week discussion. Uh, recapping the previous game, who's played well, who hasn't and looking ahead to the game that's coming up and any headlines made by the club in the week running up to it but because it's my first one I just want to very briefly touch over the season up to date both on and off the field I'm not going to go into things too much because a lot's already been said by various people so I'm just going to skim over it and then go from there really at the end, I've got a few questions that a number of followers have put into me. So thanks to you all for that. Uh, the social media, by the way, on Instagram is derbyhub underscore. I've got about 350 followers at the moment, which to some doesn't sound many. But to me, I appreciate all of it. A lot of people are very interactive. So, you know, it can only improve as time goes on. So if you're not already following, head over to my Instagram page and give me a follow. They are all very much accepted, appreciated. So then... The season so far, the Rams currently sit 13th, uh, just below Sheffield Wednesday, who we absolutely hammered in the first half on Saturday. Excellent performance, but it was a little bit like, remember when you were younger and uh, you had a younger brother who weren't as good as you on FIFA? You'd be winning at half-time and you'd give them the pad and you'd end up sort of not winning as handsomely. It was kind of like that. First half was magnificent. Tom Lawrence, Chris Martin, Jason Knight, all on absolute fire. Tom Lawrence, where's this form come from, mate? I think Wayne Rooney's definitely brought the best out of him, as we're going to touch on quite a lot throughout this podcast as well. Um, But yeah, Tom Lawrence at the moment is banging form. Scoring goals, creating goals, tracking back, getting tackles in. He divides opinion, Tom Lawrence. Rightfully so. He's inconsistent. Um, He doesn't always put in a shift. He shrugs his shoulders a bit. But... I've always thought a bit sorry for Tom Lawrence because he went on loan to Ipswich and had a good a good season on loan there. Then all of a sudden, had this ten million pound price tag thrust upon him. It can't be easy, you know, for a young man. Um, you know, he can't control what people are prepared to pay for him or what clubs value him at. So that's that's completely out of his control. But uh, in terms of the season so far, it's been very much a mixed bag. Um, some of the performances have been enjoyable Uh, we've moved the ball nicely at times and what has been apparent about our, our season so far is inconsistency that is a word that every Derby County fan up and down the land has used on more than one occasion this season inconsistent we just haven't been able to put together a run of form to be able to sort of make a push towards the top end of the table And the worst part about that is we have shown at times that we've got the quality to do so. But then we've had some other results that have just been the complete opposite end of the scale. Um, Ironically, one of the better performances during this difficult period came away at Reading when we were beaten 3-0. We didn't play badly at all. Some of the passing in that game was nice. We just lacked that cutting edge in the final third. And of course, at the back, we were opened up far too easily, which has been the case on the road far too many times this season. We've conceded three, at least five or six times this season, especially down in London, where which has been a really difficult place for the Rams to go. But in the last few weeks, we have actually picked up a couple of away performances where we've scored three goals. So it shows that the quality is, is there. I mean, when we're firing, we, we do play really well. And I don't think it coincides with Wayne Rooney coming into the side even before he, he actually started playing, when he became part of the coaching team, he bought something else. He he could see that the players got a lift from it. The early performances were tough, like the, the defeat away at Blackburn Rovers. That was a difficult afternoon. It was a nothing game. Neither side were great. There was just one shot on target all game, and it went into the back of the net from from Adam Armstrong. For them, Ben Hamer had no chance. Um, but you could from then on I think that game was a bit of a turning point that was when we started to pick up a little bit results still didn't go our way but you could see the idea of what we were trying to do and very much so now we are starting to see an identity of how we want to play football which is important because you need your players to know week from week what the tactics are what we're trying to do when you're changing the formation and the personnel every week, nobody really knows their job and it becomes confusing you know footballers are human beings they're not robots so they do need an understanding of what the game plan is and what the manager wants them to do i think once you've got that it's half the battle because then it just becomes coaching players into the position and making sure they understand what you expect of them so our our league position i I think does very much reflect where we are as a club at the moment Um, i think the teams that are above us on a whole are better than us Maybe not in terms of club size, with with clubs like Millwall and Preston being up there, but at the moment, it's it's hard to argue that we're a better side than these teams. Um, If we were, we'd be higher up the table. The league table doesn't lie, especially this season. Um, I think after the last season with Frank Lampard and the euphoria of getting to the playoff final, and the big question that is on everybody's lips, why didn't he start a striker at Wembley? That is a question that will haunt me forever. But we can't sit and talk about it. We have to move on and we have to go forward. Which I think, under the guidance of former Holland international Barcelona midfielder Philip Koku, I think we've got a very good basis to do that. When, when he was appointed... Oh! Oh, nearly. We nearly equalised. Sorry about that. in the under-19s, as I say. Should have scored that. Edda, six-yard box. Corner whipped into the. That's a brilliant delivery. Get him in the first team. We're, we're, we're hopeless at corners. And the number three coming in heads it. The keeper makes a smart save on the line, but he's got to be scoring from there. Big chance. Anyway, sorry. Where was I? Philip Cocu. Yes. Um. He's. He knows what he's on about. He knows the game. He knows the game very, very well. As well as anybody in terms of qualifications to be able to talk about football. His um, CV doesn't lie and it's cleared off the line we've nearly scored again I've chose a really bad time to record this with having it on the telly but two really good chances in the space of a minute there guys for Derby County to level here and uh, it looks really good end to end game I'm sure that Philip Koku is uh, watching on with interest as, as our youngsters do battle because as we've seen he does like to bring youngsters into the side Max Bird and Jason Knight being the two mainstays that have really forced their way into the first team reckoning, especially Max Bird, when he first came in, he looked a bit lightweight, looked a bit a bit George Evans type, sort of passing it backwards, not really being too forward thinking, afraid to take risks. But he stepped up. He now carries the ball out of midfield. Um, he looks to get the ball moving out to the wide areas, and he protects that back four very well, also. Um, so, just to sum up my, my visions of the season so far, I, I didn't really expect us to do too great this season. I can't, I can't say I did. Because the, f- from the squad last season, and I'm not talking just about the lone players in Mason Mount, Fikayo Tomori, and Harry Wilson. I'm talking about some really important members of our squad that, that are no longer with us as well, the likes of Craig Bryson, David Nugent, Uh, bradley johnson for a lot of people towards the end of the time at the club they weren't first names on the team sheet but you could see that they were big parts of of the squad and the group of players that we had and that's as important as anything because if if you're happy off the field there's a good environment it shows in the results hence why we had the season that we did Um, but the the squad in comparison now is so different i mean in goal, we've we've not had a solid number one all season. Ben Hamer's having a good run in the side at the moment. Uh, it started with Keller Roos. He made a number of errors. Needless errors as well. Ones that could be avoided. Um, and it's ended up costing us goals, costing us games and points. Uh, ben Hamer's come in. And I think Hamer's done okay. I can't argue with what he's done. I, I wouldn't say he's done anything particularly wrong. Um, but I do think that it, I'll touch on this a bit more later we do need to look at a more permanent fixture next season what certainly hasn't helped our club is the off field shenanigans that we've had to face this season as I said right at the beginning I'm not going to talk about it too much because everybody's had their opinion everybody's had a say and I think it's just been been worn out But I do want to say hats off to Philip Cocker and his management team because the off-field stuff that we've had to deal with this season, each one of them is enough to derail teams, clubs, managers, seasons. But we've had three major incidents now at this football club this season, off-field, completely out of the managers' hands, that that have put a real dark shadow over us, club. Of course, it started with... The drink driving incident and Derby County are level in Salzburg. Oh, what a fantastic goal! Tyree Wilson it is that scored it. Lovely passing move, carved Salzburg open right through the middle and he's tucked it away with his left foot. It's a really clever move, driving ball out to the left, slipped the ball through. Excellent first touch to go away from his defender and he's sat the keeper down and rolled it into the corner. The Rams are level in Salzburg, guys. <laughs> Sorry about this. I've chose a really bad time to to record this, but yeah, the the off field shenanigans, the the drink driving situation involving Tom Lawrence, uh, Mason Bennett, and former captain Richard Keogh, and a few others as well. Lee Buchanan was rumoured to be involved. That was that was so bad, you know. I I don't want to give it too much airtime because it's done, it's gone, but that just, that made us a complete laughing stock. You know, our captain has his knee smashed to bits because he's got in the car with a drunk driver. And I think the club handled it properly. I think Richard Keogh's contract was terminated because he only had a year left. He couldn't fulfil it. The club made the right decision. I agree. As a captain and as a senior pro, we should have known better. As should Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett. But when uh, these things happen... It was silly, it was uncalled for, and we we have to move on from it, simple as that. And then of course, all the financial problems, Mel Morris. Mel Morris comes under a lot of criticism from some branches of Derby fans, they say he gets too involved and he's got too much to say. Listen, the money Mel Morris has put into this football club, he's allowed an opinion. You know, how many football teams are there that moan about Chairman's not invested in their club? Like, look at Newcastle and Mike Ashley's situation. And Arsenal with their owner. They're always complaining that there's no money going in. Mo Morris has always put his hand in his pocket, and a lot of the time it's been wasted. Like, Jacob Butterfield, Nick Blackman, uh, Anya. Um, that, that's just to name a few. Like... We spent a lot of money on players who had a good half a season or a good season and it's not yielded any success and you can't blame Mel Morris now for being a bit cautious. Financial fair play comes into it as well where we can't spend the money that we once did because of what we've spent in recent times and and we've had this incident with with the stadium and Mel's independent valuation of it, Uh, EFL saying that it doesn't match theirs. But that, that doesn't that just come under the banner of opinion like I might want to sell something and think it's worth more than a potential buyer might. so it's, Mel Morris has just been intelligent in finding loopholes in the system with the Wayne Rooney deal, uh, 32 reds involved paying wages etc is, is that illegal? no is it unheard of? absolutely that doesn't mean it's wrong at the end of the day Look a lot of football clubs have heavy investment that fund it. Manchester City with the Etihad Group. Look how much money they put in. Uh, so yeah, I I don't understand where the the too many arguments came from with that. I'm pretty sure Leeds or Preston or Middlesbrough wouldn't have been moaning too much if it, if their chairman was intelligent enough to to test the water on that front and see if they could work anything out because that's all it came down to intelligence. And you've got to doff your hat to Mel Morris for that because he's he's always shown that he's got kahunas and with that we've we have still got the potential of a possible points deduction which could put our season in real jeopardy obviously we hope not we hope it can be resolved and we don't come to that because i imagine us in league one i know it can happen look at sunderland ipswich big clubs can go down there leeds leicester southampton they've all had a run so it's not impossible, but I just couldn't couldn't imagine it. A derby away at Wickham and at Crinton, coming to Pride Park in the league. It just doesn't sound right to me. Um, so yeah, I don't think we'll get a points deduction. Slap on the wrist, and it's it's setting an example for other clubs. It's setting the precedent. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday did something very similar. They didn't get a points deduction. So if we did, then it'd be extremely unfair. And then of course the most recent incident involving Craig Ramage and comments he made while assessing Derby County against Huddersfield Town a few weeks back, which finished 1-1. He made comments about Max Lowe and Jaden Bogle in particular, uh, categorising them with all the other young black lads at the football club. I'm not going to give this the airtime it deserves. As I say, Craig was a man who was in a very privileged position working for the club, travelling up and down the country, watching the club and getting paid for it. And he said something that I just I don't agree with. It's It didn't need to say it. He could have just said... You could say that for all the young lads. He didn't need to add the word black. When you racially categorise, you're making a rod for your own back, unfortunately. And... I don't think there was any malice in it. But where I I don't want my words twisting is it doesn't have to be malicious to be racist. (laughs) That's where people miss out. Racial categorisation is still racism. And you're basically saying that all the young black lads at the football club are lazy and need knocking down a peg or two. That's not right. You know, Some of the hardest working lads at the club are the young black or mixed-race players. Our under-19s team, we've we've just had Tyree Wilson score for the club. He's just slid on his knees, delighted with his goal. You're telling me he doesn't care or he's lazy? Nah, I'm not having it. You, you, you can't say things like that. Um, not just in football, but in general, in the world. There's no place for it. There's no need for it. It shouldn't exist. Um, no man, woman, child should ever be defined for the colour of their skin. And as a a white person, it's hard for me to talk about too much because I've never experienced racism and I never will because I'm a white man. But I know people that have and I know the effects it can have where you're going to work and you're purely being criticised for for the colour of your skin, like it's a crime, like like you're doing something wrong. And it it really upset me because Craig was somebody that I thought a lot of, thought he was intelligent with football, uh, obviously an ex-Ram as well. Uh, Scored against Forest, had some memorable moments. So it did really upset me. And um, it's something that I think now we need to leave, put to bed and move on. And uh, hopefully see out the rest of the season without any more on-field shenanigans. Now, Wayne Rooney. The white Pele, as they say from the South Stand these days. Uh, England's all-time top goalscorer, Manchester United's. Absolute legend, I mean, I'm 28 years old, so I'm probably of a prime age to appreciate how good Wayne Rooney has been throughout his career, starting at Everton. Uh, I remember seeing that goal live against Arsenal, I believe it was a lunchtime kickoff, and I was in the concourse for a derby game, couldn't tell who you who we were playing. And uh, he, he, he hit this shot off the underside of the bar, bounced down and up into the roof of the nail, it was special. And for somebody his age to be doing that, wow! Yeah, he was always going to go on to great things, and so he did. Individual level, club level, mm-hmm. England never quite, quite did anything during that golden era, as they were called. But Wayne Rooney still did did his bit, did everything he could, scored goals, created goals, light and heart, and to have Wayne Rooney in our team, even even. At our club in any capacity is incredible. Um you know, in recent times we had Frank Lampard as manager last season, we've had Ashley Cole and now Wayne Rooney. Um some people outside of the club said retirement home for, for England Internationals. Absolutely not. Come on, have you seen this guy on the pitch? He worked harder than anybody out there. His mind's in it, his heart's in it, he's got desire, he can still play football. And all the skills that made Wayne Rooney great over the years, you don't lose because it's in his head. He, he can he can ping a pass and land it on a tenpence coin from fifty yards, he's that good. His attitude spot on. Uh he argues with refs a lot, I've noticed. I, I, I don't know why he gets so involved with referees, he's really passionate about it. I'm I'm quite grateful we haven't got VAR. I reckon he'd be over at that screen, screaming at it, having a pot, but he's been a, a revelation for us, and he's brought out the best in players around him. Before he got injured, Dwayne Holmes was having the form of his life in a Derby shirt, bang at it, working hard, making things happen, scoring goals, and he's doing the same with the likes of Jason Knight and Max Bird. What a pair of midfielders them two young lads are. If you didn't know their age... you. You'd think they were much more mature for, for the performances they put in and the effort levels and the quality that comes with it as well. They're, they're excellent, really good players. And Wayne Rooney is bringing that out of them. Um, credit to themselves as well. It's not all down to Wayne Rooney. They've got to apply themselves. The coaching staff work with them. Um, everybody involved is making this this club look promising from a youth level as we're seeing our club flying the flag for for England in Europe, which is marvellous to see. Um, So yeah, Wayne Rooney has been a brilliant signing, one of the best we've made in recent times. Somebody I wanted to discuss, because I've had quite a lot of questions about him, was Jack Marriott. Now, unpopular opinion, very unpopular, I'm probably going to get comments, messages... Jack Murray isn't as good as certain fans like to think he is. Don't get me wrong, he's by no means a bad player. But players were going on last season as if he was our Messi or Ronaldo. If he weren't in the side, there were meltdowns. And this season, he's barely been involved, really. He's not had a run of starts. He's not... I think he's got about three goals all season. It's not enough. And you need more than that. I mean, Martin Waggon and... Sorry about that guys, I just lost lost my recording there, it just broke off, so just picking up from where I was. Chris Martin and Martin Waghorn are both much more important to this club, this team and the way we play than Jack Marriott. Um, Chris Martin has shown this season coming back in that he is so important. A hat-trick of assists at Hillsborough at the weekend, his hold-up play is (laughs) <laughs> it's going to sound odd saying work rate because people don't associate Chris Martin with being an absolute grafter but his work rate in terms of showing the desire to make things happen in the final third winning flick-ons closing down holding the ball up playing through balls it's been spot on and that's allowed the wide men of late Waghorn, Lawrence Knight to get involved and score goals whereas Jack Marriott is he's, he's very good on the shoulder he's very good at making them runs in behind spinning the defenders But we've not really done a lot of that this season. I mean, it comes down to style of play. But good strikers have the ability to adapt. And I don't think Jack Marriott has adapted too well in terms of Philip Koku's system. And is it a major coincidence that during last season, Jack Marriott fell out of favour with Frank Lampard? And during this season, he's never really been in favour with Philip Koku. I don't want to read too much into that, but does that say more about the player than it does the management who knows, let me know what you think guys, that's how I see it anyway, I think going forward Chris Martin, Martin Waggon are very important and they're going to continue to be important, Jack is, always, he is can be good value for a goal if you need one late on, stretch the defence, get him running, you know, he, he has got the ability but he just doesn't show it enough, whether that's attitude, determination, desire whether he wants to be at the club, he's probably come in thinking, oh, this is my opportunity, and he's never nailed down that shirt. I mean, that night in Leeds last season, it will never be forgotten, especially by, by the people that were there. But, um, yeah, just closing on that one, Jack Marrier, for me, he needs to he needs to work harder and show us why he deserves to be in the side. So, just going back to the last game away at Sheffield, Wednesday on Saturday he was Hills- Let's finish. Sheffield Wednesday one, Derby County three, three 0 up by half time. Out of sight, really. Um, Sheffield Wednesday have been poor of late. They've conceded for fun at home. Five to Blackburn, three to Reading. You know that I said before the game in my preview show on on Instagram that that result could potentially happen. Um, they've got the potential to be to be dismantled and that's what we did I mean you saw inside the first few seconds from Krikoff, Chris Martin just went smashing into their player don't know how we didn't get booked for it to be honest but um, yeah it set the tone for the rest of the game we bullied them, we worked harder than they did and we wanted it more than they did and overall it was a very good performance three well taken goals obviously the deflection on Tom Lawrence's first but you take that you need it sometimes Uh, Tom Lawrence's second brilliant finish after Lawrence put him through, really good finish Uh, I think Derby have just gone down to 10 men in the youth league Looks like an elbow but he's not even looking, he he doesn't know who's behind him or or anything He's walking, is he walking off? This BT coverage is good, but it doesn't give you the, the key little stats like yellow cards, red cards, offsides and stuff. Oh, yeah, there's striker's fine now, look. Oh, yeah, walking up absolutely fine. He was out cold just. Done his job, though, ain't he? Yeah, it was um, a very good first-half performance. second half, took our foot off the gas a little bit. But I think every side does that at 3-0. You don't need that same level intensity. The game's more or less done. Um, Sheffield Wednesday got a goal back late in the second half. Josh Windass, a player who I like actually, son of Dean. He's been at Wigan, Rangers. Uh, Yeah, he's been around the block a little bit. And uh, he's somebody who I do like. And I thought he might have had a bit more of a bigger impact at the club. But it's not seemed to happen there for him or for anyone this season. Oh no, he's not been sent off. He's come back. I've got a lot of work to do if I want to be a journalist or an analyst, haven't I, yeah? You know, wrong information like Chris Kamara. But yeah, that was a very good good performance at the weekend. And uh, that brings us into the small matter of the biggest football club in the world being at Pride Park on Thursday at home to Manchester United. Did you get that? Yeah? Good. Good joke that was. Um, Derby County versus Manchester United at Pride Park in the FA Cup fifth round Manchester United isn't a tie that's so exciting for us no more we've played them four times in four years of course went to Old Trafford last season Harry Wilson got that goal with that free kick absolute wobbler that ball moved in the air so much it looked like it got a deflection from the stand behind the goal I thought it got a massive deflection and, uh, came away on penalties Phil Jones missing Craig Forsyth scoring and um, at home I don't know what to expect our own form is fantastic it's promotion form Um, but Manchester United you don't know what you're going to get from them Uh, I follow them quite closely my father-in-law is a Man United fan Um, so some weeks they're brilliant like uh, in the last round of the cup they dismantled Tranmere 6-0 Okay, it's only Tranmere, but you've still got to apply yourself on a very difficult pitch. Um, They put five past Club Bruges last week in Europe. Very good display again. and We'll probably see a similar side to what they played that night Um, come to Pride Park. I think they might rest a few. Um, They've got Bruno Fernandes, who they've just bought in from Sporting Lisbon. He seems to have given them something else in midfield. And uh, I'm not sure if he'll start, I think they might rest him, bring former Maloney Jesse Lingard into the team, and see what he's about these days, I heard he's prolific, and uh, they've got a youngster called Mason Greenwood as well, who is I believe he's 18 years of age, fantastic left foot, scored double figures, doesn't start that many games either, uh, he's very very dangerous. And Odion Igarlo, former Watford man. I remember him scoring at Pride Park a few years ago on a Friday night against Watford in that two-all draw. And Tom Ince and Darren Bent scored for the Rams. And Matty Vidra scored the other for Watford as well. So it depends what Manchester United side we see. If he goes fairly strong, then I think we'll be in for a tough evening. But if he does make changes, I think we've got a chance. You never know what might happen, so... Keep the faith. We'll look forward to it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that we're gonna do them on penalties. Why not? Let's have a bit of faith and a bit of belief that the Rams can make the FA Cup quarter final by beating Manchester United on penalties. That's what I'm gonna say. So, just coming on to the final section of the podcast now, guys. i been going on for about half an hour. I think I don't want to bore you all too much. Is a couple of questions that I've had sent in by followers. A lot of them are the same question. So, the ones are a bit more individual. I'll shout out on the rest holders' answer accordingly. First question is from DE21MJ. He says, who should we look to sign in the summer? That's quite a broad question because I think we would need at least four or five players. Uh, we bought in Mike Tverick at centre-half. But you've got to remember that Matt Clark uh, will be going back to Brighton. And Curtis Davis... Undecided, 34 years old as he still got the legs. So I think we still need to bring in another two centre-halves, um, another striker, uh, another goalkeeper and a wide man. At least, that that's the minimum. Possibly even a midfielder as well that's a bit more creative and had something else going forward. Um, I know we've got Louis Sibley coming through, but it's just in terms of a bit of experience who would I like to see us sign it's a tough one because it, if if you've got anyone that's half decent the price tag these days are just getting elevated Like Ollie Watkins from Brentford would be the obvious one for me in terms of a striker but they're not going to let him go for any less than £20 million um, I, just, I think we need somebody that's got pace a bit of excitement, somebody that's going to open up the defence a little bit, that's going to turn and run and look to make things happen, if I could choose somebody I'd say Ollie Watkins but I think... I don't think that's going to happen. I'd like to see us go back in for Ivan Tony of Peterborough. He's a goal scorer. He's quick. He's six foot two and a half. He's strong. He's physical. Scores goals. And I think in the Championship he could be a real asset. I think he could come in and do a job for us. Similar to what Osama Longa did at Forest. Where he's raw. He's strong. He's, he's looking to work defenders and... That's that'd been one of my targets in terms of a striker. Again, it depends on price tag, because of course we've already done business with the posh about Marriott, and uh, I think they're going to press us a bit harder on Ivan Tony. Just their their chairman is it Darren McCantony? He uh, he drives a hard bargain. Who can blame him? If you've got a, if you've got a commodity, especially at that level, you need all the money you can make. Um, in terms of a defender, we're bringing in Mike Taverick, of course, the Groningen captain. Don't know too much about him, to be honest. I've had a look at him on, on, uh, on YouTube, on FIFA and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. He's he's a captain of a, of a Dutch Premier League side, so he's got to have something about him. Um, Matt, one question I've had as well is: Would you try and sign Matt Clark on a permanent? And that was from Matt Rag. Um, it's not going to happen Brighton have signed him they've loaned him out for the season to get him a championship experience because he's been in, in League 1 with Portsmouth so that's not going to happen um, i tell you what, what I do like as the centre half and he's already at the club is Aaron Cashin he's, he plays for the under-19s uh, he's a very good player really good especially if you take his age into account he's strong, he's physical is is a really good player, but I do think we're going to need somebody who's a who's got some championship experience in there. It's hard to just pluck names out of the sky in terms of defenders. It's Ben Davis at Preston who I like? He's he's a very good player, really good centre half, strong, tall. He's left footed as well, so it opens up that option to be a bit more natural down the left side. Um. I'm 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 struggling for names really off the top of my head of centre halves that we could bring in. Maybe look at Cameron Carter-Vickers again, who's not doing too bad a job at Luton. when you look at their league league position, it doesn't uh, sing him too many praises. But I think that's not always down to the individual. He's young. He'd be available for relatively cheap. So who knows? And in midfield, Madison has gone to Hull he was someone again from Peterborough who I really like the look of, it's, that's not going to happen um, I like him at QPR uh, Eze, Eberashi Eze fantastic player really good close control And uh, but again I think we're going to be very priced out on that one Alan Brown at Preston, very good midfield player, scores goals creates goals, he'd definitely be somebody who I'd be looking at and trying to trying to bring into the club, so that's who I'd look to bring in. Um, questions that I've been asked is where will we finish this season? I don't think we're going to get playoffs. A lot of people are saying the dream's still alive; we can still achieve it. Mathematically, yeah, but realistically, I can't see it. We've not put the kind of run together all season that's required to do so. So I can't see that happening now. I'll, I'll happily eat my words. I'll, I'll eat my own hat if we get playoffs and get promoted but I just can't see it like I said I'd be delighted if we did obviously but I'm realistic and I just can't see it happening I think where we'll finish I think we'll get into the top half and I think that'll be a very good season all things considering and we'll put us in good stead for next season I think 10th, 11th, something like that is where we'll where we'll be and the last question who is my player of the season so far? That's a really tough one, really tough one because a lot of people are going to say the obvious in Wayne Rooney because he's come in and he's he's turned the squad around and he's been excellent but going against the grain a little bit, I'm going to say Andre Wisdom. Now get, hear me out on this, I know he's not played all season but since he's come into that back line we have looked so much more solid so much more solid alongside Matt Clark in there or when he's asked to do a job at right back, he brings a calming influence, he's strong he knows how to play with the ball as well he works hard, he's clearly a leader and I think he has been absolutely vital to what we're trying to achieve this season so he'd definitely be in with a shout and young player of the season would be Max Bird, marvellous season really good could argue for Jason Knight as well but Max Bird for me has been the better of the two. Knight scored the goals but he's that kind of player. I think Max Bird will probably offer you one or two a season Uh, whereas Jason Knight perhaps looking for double figures from his attacking position. Um, So that brings me to the end of my podcast guys. If you listened and you stayed all the way through, massively appreciate it. Um, remember to follow me on Instagram Darby Hub underscore um, and I have another page as well which is called the fat footy fan that's just something else I've got on the side a little bit of fun where I can engage with fans of other clubs and get a bit more info towards what I'm trying to achieve in my career which is to try and become a football online journalist slash analyst so thanks very much for listening really appreciate your support And uh, until next time, take care and up the Rams. Come on, Derby.